Hello and welcome to the Thrive at Kansas State University podcast. We're back with another episode of our new series, Student Stories. In today's episode, Social Wellbeing, we sit down with TJ Shankar and Victoria Alves, two international student athletes at Kansas State. They share their experiences coming to the United States for the first time, transitioning to college, pursuing athletics, building a social circle, and more. These two have awesome stories that they shared, so we hope you enjoy this conversation. For additional information about any of the K-State programs or organizations we talked about today, check out the show notes of this podcast. My name is Macy Hines, Health Communications Intern at the Morrison Family Center for Student Wellbeing, alongside Shelby Hunt, Education and Outreach Advisor of the Wellbeing Center. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. We're already recording, so we can just kind of hop right into it. Um, So obviously, I know you both, but for everyone listening, do you guys each maybe want to tell us first a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, um, maybe what brought you to K-State, what you're studying? Um, Yeah. Um, Hi, everyone. (laughs) My name is Vitoria. I am from Brazil. Uh, What brought me to K-State was the athletic track and field uh, program and also the psycho my major psychology and the psychology program that is like it had exactly what I wanted to study and it was really focused on one like the how can I explain it so it's just more on the science part of research part of psychology and is it huge here like research as an undergrad so mm-hmm. wasn't one of the main Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. TJ. <laughs> yeah, I'm... My name's TJ Swin, but I go by TJ because it's just easier. I don't have to... It's like, what's your name again? Like, yeah, <laughs> TJ. So it's just easy for everybody. So I go by TJ. I'm from New Delhi, India. This is my fifth year at K-State. Um, I'm doing my... I mean, I started with a bachelor's in business administration, but then my mom... I came here on a sports scholarship as well. So I started with business administration and being an Indian mom, my mom's like, son, business administration, why don't you do a dual major? I was like, okay, mom, let's start dual majoring. So I did my bachelor's in accounting and did a dual major in finance and then COVID happened. So we had another extra year and my mom's like, son, just two bachelors? Why don't you do a master's? It's free. I was like, okay, well, okay, mom. So I did ended up doing my master's in accounting as well. So mm-hmm. I will graduate with all that this upcoming spring or I guess in three weeks. Mm-hmm. But that being said, track's been an inte- integral part of my uh, career. That's what I've I came to K State for, and I've had uh, great times here at K State, and a lot of memories that I'll take back with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do each of you maybe want to share how you got connected with probably Coach Revelto? I would say, but how um, that process works of getting recruited. You know, you're from a different country. I don't assume you go on visits or anything. How did you? get to K-State, um, you know, what was it like when you first got to Manhattan? Um, getting connect to Coach Revelto was, uh, I received an offer for another school and talking to my coach back home, we just like uh, came with this idea that I could go to like better schools with better coaches. Mm-hmm. So we started like emailing these coaches and Coach Revelto was one that answered and was really uh, interested. So we started talking and we started the recruiting process <clears throat> after that. Um, the other question was? 
Um, so just that process of getting to Manhattan, like, was this your first time in the U.S. or your first time in Kansas? What was that like? Yeah, it was my first time in, in the U.S. and my first time in Kansas, of course. Mm-hmm. I have never taught it, like, our idea back home in Brazil, how United States is, is like Miami, California, all of that. <laughs> and the movies, the movies, what they show. So when I got to Manhattan, I was like, oh, cool. okay, that's a little different. That's a little quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you basically had agreed to join the track team here. And you just, then when school started, you just like came up a few days before school started. Yeah, I came in January, so I came, uh-huh. like, in a, in a half the year, school okay. year. So I came here in January, have, like, three weeks of, like, doing paperwork and all of the stuff, and then I started going to school. Yeah. And it was just, like, coming with two of my bags and <laughs> see <you know, laughs> what, what Mojato could bring it to me. Yeah, the Midwest is a little different than California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very impressed because um, I landed on Kansas City, and then it was like we had a two hours drive, and I was just like looking to the right, to the left, <laughs> first, uh, to the front and behind, and it was just like plain. I was like, where is going? No, where I'm going? <laughs> yeah. It was really nice when I got here, though. Yeah. No, definitely, probably not what you expected. But yeah. um, TJ, how was your experience? My, my journey was a little different getting recruited because um, up to. After I did high, after I finished high school, I really didn't know where I wanted to go, and I didn't even know that there was college sports, and it was so big in the U.S. Uh-huh. So, I out of high school, I jumped the third best jump in the world that year. So I was like, mm-hmm. perfect prime recruit to come in, and all that sort of thing. I'd get emails and uh, Facebook messages and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I really didn't know what that meant, but then I never reached out to any coach, and then one fine day. Um, back home there's this coach he said hey son you have to like take after education as well you can't just like leave education you have to study so why don't you mm-hmm. consider going to the US and you know going to a university and that sort of thing so I was like okay well he says and my mom will definitely agree to it because she wants me education's number one for my family so mm-hmm. they said okay well let's look at it so I was like okay I want to go there do high jump so who's the best coach for high jumping and I have the best mark you know I'm prime recruit so let's <laughs> email the best coach so I emailed, the only coach I emailed was Coach Rovelto. <laughs> and I got a reply from every other coach other than Coach Rovelto. <laughs> so in spite of being the prime recruit, I was like, okay, what's wrong? Why am I not getting recruited by Coach Rovelto? And every other coach wants me on their roster, but Coach Rovelto does not. He didn't even respond to my email. What's wrong? And then I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, it's been like two months now. It's July, middle of July, and school uh-huh. starts in August. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm... Co- and then I look up their roster because I was really intrigued. I was like, why is he not recruiting me? And then I see like Christoph Brian, all these other names who've been like multiple time national champion, this and that. I was like, no wonder. <laughs> and then I was about to sign with another school. And then two days before that, Coach Revelto calls me and he's like, hey, it's Cliff. I see a number, an American number on my phone. He's like, hey, it's Cliff. I'm like, who's Cliff? He's like, uh, Cliff Revelto from Kansas. And I'm like, oh my God, Coach Revelto, he <laughs> called me finally. So I was so excited. And then he sent me a, he's like, do you want to come to K-State? And I was like, coach, yes. And he's like, so do you have any questions for me about the program? And I was like, I have no questions. I just want to train with you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool. So mid-July, I apply for my visa because, like he said, they have a spot. And they had the spot because, like, the previous national champion for that year, he had transferred to another school. So they had a spot, like, two weeks right made for me, I'd say. And then 
I just took that opportunity and came here mid July was when I applied for visa. I was here first week of August. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to train with Coach Roberto and I came here my freshman year and then that's how the journey started. So yeah. it's very like I think I'm the opportunity I I'd probably say I'm blessed to be here mm-hmm. to be able to train with Coach Roberto cuz like K-State's like Mecca for high jump, you know. It's yeah. like the Vatican City of high jump. That's what people say. Yeah. High jump you. <laughs> yeah. So that's to me the biggest life achievement for me was to come and train under coach Roberto. I think that was one mm-hmm. of the biggest things I've ever accomplished in my life. But that being said, it's I'd like to share this funny story cuz recently 2 weeks ago, uh there was this recruit who was who drove from Philadelphia or I think somewhere in the East Coast. They drove 20 hours him and his dad. They drove 20 hours to Kansas State and then coach me and Carol we went out for dinner with the recruit so coach mm-hmm. invited me for dinner and then when i was at the dinner i asked the kid i was like hey like you drove 20 hours why did you drive 20 hours you could have gone to any other school and he's like he is a high jumper i mean he jumped 5 10 5 11 nothing spect- uh, sorry not 6 10 6 11 nothing spectacular out of high school uh-huh. and then he he told me the story he's like you know i had a same uh, i told him my story and he's like i had a similar situation like i emailed every other school and i had an email coach roberto cuz like there's no chance i'm getting into kansas state with my marks and mm-hmm. y- you know you guys are there so there's no way i'm getting in <laughs> and then no other school responded but coach roberto responded to me <laughs> cuz his dad had like pushed him to like hey why don't you email like it's just a copy paste just copy and paste to change the name and <laughs> you don't have to put an effort cuz you're probably not going to get in but still just for the kicks uh-huh. so he emailed coach and coach was the only guy who responded Uh-huh. So I was looking forward to the coach's answer like why did he respond to like that kid who didn't have any spectacular marks or whatnot and to that coach said that he really doesn't go out recruiting kids who are like spectacular for him the pr- like he takes pride in making good athletes out of people who are like average yeah. rather than like already recruiting like great kids and like, so yeah. that answer really struck struck me and I was like that's awesome like you know for him to have that mindset to you know give somebody an opportunity who would have never thought they'd get that opportunity yeah. i think that's something that's great and that story is really something i like to share yeah with everybody that hey if you want to get recruited all you have to do is write an email and there might be other <laughs> coaches like coach roelto in every school who are just looking for somebody who they can develop rather than you know like ready made talent so yeah no absolutely it's funny that <laughs> i sent an email for three schools and coach ross was the one one that answered See? so <laughs> it was only you there's a trend there's a pattern here <laughs> yes um so tj when you first got to manhattan was this also your first time in the us or like what did you think or expectations of what manhattan was versus when you actually got here so i've been to the us a lot of times because my aunt lives in uh, california bay area san francisco okay yep but that's many that's mini india so every time we game over <laughs> for summer it it felt like you're coming from big india to mini india because they'd have like all indian restaurants a lot of indian people working in tech companies that uh-huh. sort of thing so i didn't ever experience real american hos- <laughs> uh, hospitality so when i came to kansas that was my first experience in the us no indian restaurants and when i came in i didn't eat any meat so everywhere you'd go you'd have the least you'd have is chicken there'd be no veggies and if no, you go yeah. for like a veggie sandwich it'd be like they just put a couple of tomatoes and two lettuce. pieces of lettuce in a <laughs> bun and they'd be like here veggie sandwich so uh-huh. i wasn't used to all that but then when i came to kansas i really experienced what the yeah. real united states is and i think it's great yeah <laughs> um so uh on that also same note with 
coming to Manhattan for the first time, you guys are both from different countries. So obviously like maybe the landscape's a little different, but how could you maybe compare even the like culture and like lifestyle? Was that a big adjustment um, coming to college um, and just navigating that? Um, you want you can go first. Well, for me, I think the biggest adjustment was just dinner times because <laughs> we have the performance table where we get our meals as athletes you know so it, it's open from 5 p.m to 7 p.m mm-hmm. so my first week i thought we weren't served any dinner because i'd show up at 8 8 39 every night over there but <laughs> oh, it'd no. be closed so i was like they don't have dinner but they said that you know they'll be providing free meals for dinner and lunch uh, dinner and breakfast and that sort of thing so uh-huh. after my first week i realized that well dinner time's at seven and it's done after that so because uh-huh. back home culturally we eat like eight or eight p.m nine p.m oh, very really? late uh-huh. and easy dinner and then we go to bed but then here i think and then that that was like an adjustment for me because i'd eat dinner at like seven but then i'd be hungry after that like yeah. at 9 p.m and i'd like <laughs> crave brownies and that sort of thing so <laughs> that was the biggest challenge for me but then i think i never expected never expected people to be really friendly here in kansas mm-hmm. but when i came here i i think i just fit in like a glove you know like <laughs> i that everybody would want to like talk to me and then make me feel at home comfortable so i i to be honest with you i have very happy memories and really great memories uh-huh. that i have from uh especially Manhattan, Kansas, and all of USA, because I've never had any bad experience uh-huh. that I can pinpoint and be like, oh, this changed my experience or whatnot. Everybody's always been kind. I was never used to saying hello to just random strangers <laughs> on the street, but then I think that's a trend. I mean, that, that's yeah, something that yeah. people like to do here. And those uh-huh. are things that maybe you might not notice because that's normal for you. Yeah. But for me, coming from my country, and we don't really say hi to strangers on the street, but yeah. <laughs> that was really great for me. And I started doing that back home and people started giving me stares. <laughs> <laughs> what was this guy up to? Yeah. <laughs> but it's really great. It just felt like heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, culturally, um, in Brazil, we don't know how, and we don't know what um, personal space is. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what was the, uh, the most shocking thing coming because I had to adjust myself for, for that. But after understanding how you guys, American c- culture is, and it, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just, I got used to it. And now it's great. Like TJ say, it's so funny like that we go outside and they say good morning for everybody. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we on our performance table and we have like the workers there and then we always like stop and say good morning and have a talk with them. Back home, we just just go, Pass, go passing and mm-hmm. not even stop and having a talk. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys got here, did you guys have like cars or anything like that? I think I've talked to some other international students, uh, obviously um, Emil and Carl on the team. And like, um, I've seen them like biking to body first before. And I was like, do you guys like need a ride? And they're like, well, in Sweden, like they're you guys drive everywhere in the US. In Sweden, we like walk and bike everywhere. But like, was that a bit of an adjustment? At all for you guys. I think I've heard a story, TJ, about you biking to Walmart or something. And <laughs> Coach Ryan was like, Coach Revelta was like, he needs to stop biking everywhere. He's tiring himself out. <laughs> well, my freshman semester, the first semester, spring, uh, fall semester, I used to bike everywhere uh-huh. from August because, like, August to November, the weather's great. Yeah. And that's what I was expecting throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> I like bike that. everywhere. I, I got a bike. I, we would walk and, you know, like it was great. I'd walk to Walmart like three, four miles and just carry stuff in my hand and just come home. Like that's normal. Like it wasn't anything 
out of, I mean, I didn't feel like I was exhausted or anything. Uh-huh. But the moment November ended and December started, <laughs> I realized that this is not it. And then I got a car in January. So since then, I've, have, I've had a car. So yeah. that was that was quick, that decision. <laughs> yeah, I need a car. You had to make something. Yeah. For me, it's a lot of different. Because back home, it's like in New York. So we don't walk a lot. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of public transportation. And so it's like, it's funny because we have a um, supermarket. We don't have cars back home because you use a lot of public, public transportation and my family doesn't own a car. So we have like a supermarket that is like a mile away. We, we're going to do our groceries and we're going to like hop on a bus and like two bus stop after we go down and get on our apartment. So we walk very little. So, <laughs> so we would like usually just walk around and just go down the hill and walk, but no, we prefer getting the bus and stopping in front of our apartment complex. <laughs> so coming here and don't have don't not having the access to public trans- public transportation that is huge back home was very difficult for me because like I can feel like I'm very independent. So it's like I'm, I live 10 minutes away from the, the subway. I live like two minutes away from the bus stop and have bus like going every a minute and like going anywhere. So here you have like time schedule for the bus. So that's, that's annoying me. Because it's like if you miss a bus, you got to wait an hour to get the next one. That's because you're never on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, I go... Uh, my second year, I got a car, so life is much easier after that. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I use it. I would never bike to Walmart. Yeah, I would never do that. Walmart's far. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess coming from different countries, and so you're pretty far away from your families. How much do you get to go home? Like how often? Like in the school year, do you go home just for Christmas? Do you go home over summer break? What's your typical? I think. So, we, uh, go ahead. We prefer going on summer because the break is larger and then we can spend more time with our family. But mm-hmm. we always had this situation that we would stay at least one summer here. So we say, like, we don't go home for a year and a half. So. Yeah. It's more like a flex thing that I haven't been home for two years, you know? So that's <laughs> why we end up staying over summer. And also, like, I think after a point, it's like a trade-off, you know, because mm-hmm. sport tracks kind of like year-round. It's on how much effort you want to put in. It's okay, yeah. coach will match it, but if you don't want to stay here over summer, he's just going to send you a program, and yeah. it's on you if you want to do it or not. But if you're here, then you're forced to do it because what else do you have to do in <laughs> summer in Manhattan, Kansas? Nothing. Yeah. You just go train. So that's, I think it also like, like among us international kids and like some of us old kids, we have this like going on that, hey, like, let's try and stay at least one summer so that it's one, it's going to regiment you Two, it's going to like help you, you know, like teach you to like be a little bit disciplined, even when nobody's watching and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then four, you're going to get room and board checks. So you Smart. So being like so far from your families, how has that been? Or has that been a struggle throughout your time here or like coming here? I'm sure you guys didn't know anybody. How did you like maybe make, kind of family here um just being so far i think um I sh- sorry the first six months is the most difficult being yes. away from your family and like trying to make a new um uh, social um circle 
that's the hardest one. So it's like we are blessed, I can say, that we come we come, come here and we already have friends because we are getting into like a track team mm-hmm. and like everybody's nice and all the stuff. But it's hard to make those. What that's what I struggled with my first my my first six months to make those connections that I had back home here in my first six months. It's impossible. Yeah, like <laughs> it takes like, time. It yeah. takes time. So it's like I I used to have teammates that was like five years. I was with them at five, like for five years long practicing for them we have like our routine we have like our jokes and <laughs> trying to make that happen in six months and missing that it just was harder but the years goes by and you start making like connections with other people and then mm-hmm. two connections like this guy over here <laughs> <laughs> so yeah really nice so those first six months of just like coming here, not really knowing anyone, but it's like you can't, relationships don't just happen overnight. So like kind of getting through that phase to being able to eventually like have some connections and friends. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. And it took it takes a long time to make like connections and friends that are true friends that you, you can care for, for the long, for the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Too, no, too? I agree 100 percent and more so for so. For me, I mean, I, I'm uh, sh- same for Victoria. Both of us had also, we also had like a little bit of a language barrier because like coming from oh yeah non-European countries, non-English speaking first language countries. It's also, I mean, we both of us know English. I mean, in our freshman year, we knew English. I could write English really well. I mean, I didn't have any ELP classes or anything like that, but I didn't have that confidence to speak. So communication yeah. was the communication, the accent. So like those were things that, it'd take me some time to process. So the, the fear of not being judged or whatnot, I wouldn't even try to have a conversation <laughs> with somebody, even if I wanted to go to like, hey, where's Lafine Center? I wouldn't even ask somebody. I'd be like, okay, let's see if I can Google it or I'll just walk <laughs> around and see if I can find Lafine. So what I can do and like what I what goal I could have accomplished in 10 minutes, it took me 40 minutes to just figure it out. Uh-huh. So I had that barrier of, you know, not the, the language barrier, so to say. And secondly, I've become a lot more extrovert now, but then my freshman year I was very reserved and I didn't like to go out and yeah. that sort of thing. So in spite of all the resources being available, I think the one thing that I'd like to change going back is I never utilized all those resources in my first year because mm-hmm. I I just like to stay in my comfort zone bubble and not really talk to anybody until somebody talked to me. Yeah. So I think the one thing I'd like to share and maybe through the podcast is like coming in first year, I think had I... Um, gotten out of that bubble and tried to, you know, just like talk to people. Everybody wants to talk to you, but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be the first person to talk and then you'll have yeah. like a big conversation and you'll learn a lot of things. So I didn't do that. I feel like if an incoming freshman from another country, whatnot, if they can go and have that conversation, everybody's ready to help yeah. and everybody will show you what the right direction is. So I should have done that, but I mean, I figured it out after five years. So <laughs> all, all I'm saying is it wouldn't take you five years if you start in your first year and just like talk to people and make friends. Yeah, like get out of your comfort Life zone. Life becomes much more easier. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so different from him because I don't like to stay in my box. I'm really extroverted. So it would be <laughs> annoying to stay. Don't, don't talk. Like spend a day and not talking to anybody. Even though like we had uh, the language bar- barrier, I really t- tried to like, talk to someone and make friends and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go from a space of 
not really knowing anybody. And then when did kind of that switch for you or how long did it, you said about six months it took to really be fully comfortable? Yeah, so I I came here, my English wasn't 100% to go to academic classes. So the K-State, they have a program that calls ELP, he mentioned before, that is for international students that if you don't have like the 100%, you have, don't have the grades. Like we, we take a test and if you don't t- get the grades, there's like a book or any that shows that you're capable to go to academic classes and understand, full understanding, can do the, the assignments and whatever. You go and take classes, full English. So I was in a class that it was just international students. So I was blessed. And it was, it was really nice because I could make friends that couldn't understood me and could understand what we were going through the day, daily basis, trying to talk, trying to speak in English and trying to be understandable and trying to be understand. So I make I made friends right away from that class. So we had like was like four, four girls, one girl for Japan, one girl from Brazil as well, and one girl from one girl from Paraguay. And then we just started having like a, a friendship group. And then it was really important for me that my first six months was hard to make connections with them, but it was easier because I had one Brazilian that was like she shared countries and cultures. So it was really um, nice to make that transition going, uh, coming from Brazil to here and like um, exploring and, um, how can I say, exploring the resources and exploring everything and like finding out what K-State is and what American culture is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there are like other things besides just the track team that kind of helped you guys get involved. What are like some of those besides what you just mentioned, are there any other like organizations or like whether it's getting a job or anything that helped you get more like immersed here or like get to know people more here? So on my freshman year, I made part of uh, two international groups. Mm-hmm. So that was in- really important for me. It was once like a soul cafe that it calls that like they meet every Wednesday. And one was like a Bible study, international Bible study that we would meet every Friday. And it was so nice because I, my first year, I just had um, indoor season. So I just competed until April. April? Yeah. Yeah, I just competed until March. No, March. I just competed <laughs> until March. And I, I didn't have, like, a lot of friends on the team. And uh, we know that traveling makes us uh, closer. Round, <laughs> make us closer together. And I couldn't travel with them. As was a new girl, and I couldn't travel with them. So I just feel, like, a little left out. But those groups... Uh, sorry, like those groups was like completed the the space that was missing out from the team, the, the bounding team that I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So it was nice because they would take us on a trip to hiking. They would like just show us like American culture. So it was like my first uh, American wedding was one oh, of yeah. them <laughs> that brought it me to, to watch it. And it was just like uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of the, those um, cultures, they were, like, insert me to them, like, to this culture and trying to, like, even respecting our culture. So it's, like, on the Friday's um, Bible study, we would, to, like, like, every night, every Friday, we would try to make our own dishes and bring to people, to them to try. So I would try any new dishes, like, every Friday. So <laughs> it would be awesome in a 
also make friends. Yeah. That's awesome. TJ, did you have any other um Well, like, like I said, I was a couch potato my freshman <laughs> year, but <laughs> I think, like Victoria said, I think as an international student, I think it's great if you can be a part of... And the International Student Center, I think it's one of the best resources out there. I mean, yeah. they can put you in touch with such groups and that sort of thing, but over the last two years, I've been doing two jobs, and I think taking up a job as an international student, if you come here, you can start working, I think, after two weeks, three weeks of being in the U.S. Oh, wow. Uh, as part of the international student visa. So after I took up a job, I, I've made so many friends where I work. I work as a bartender at the union so oh. <laughs> it, during the evenings, and it's just great. Yeah. You know, it's like easy, laid back, and then uh-huh. you get to meet so many people, and the people I work with, they're also awesome people. So that's another great way of... Um, one, making money, and then two, also, you know, making connections, interacting with other people. But that uh-huh. being said, the athletics community is so uh, big that you can just, you know, like, make friends with anybody, and most of them yeah. will be in the same situation as you are because, like, even they are struggling to make friends, and they've come from other places and lo- yeah. are looking for, you know, like, spending quality time, like Victoria talked about, being extrovert or whatnot. So, yeah. It's not hard to make friends if you want to make friends. I didn't want to my first year because I just <laughs> reserved. So yeah. I, I'm not the best candidate to answer this question. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like the takeaway is just like putting yourself out there and yes. like going to things and then you'll get involved. Like you mentioned, you, you went to, or Victoria, you went to, you know, your first wedding <laughs> in America or like experienced holidays. It's just by like getting, you know, going to things and meeting people. And then you're getting connected to the culture, getting more connected to people. Um, so that's good. I know that's probably easier said than done your first year. 100%. Like you said, TJ, it's hard to <laughs> get started. But um, so I guess in terms of like building your social circle, why do you guys think that's so important? Whether it's for other areas of your life, like for your like mental and emotional health or physical well-being, like does that enhance other areas of your life? Or if you don't have one, does it like hinder that? I think definitely, yes. So we had a uh, friend. She would just, like, I don't know how to say that. But she was just, like, uh, make good friends and just stay with them. When we first came, we first come here, we were just, like, with the um, anxiety, but the excitement of making friends and trying to make, like, connections and all the, all of the, make connections, all of those stuff that we don't value that those friends that we, like, important friends. We just want to, like, for me, I would just want to try to make friends, make friends, make friends, and get to know everybody. But I, I would not make those true connections that would, like, enhance, like, my mental health and, like, really help me go through stuff that on the daily basis. So these, like, my first year was, was like that, but these, like, last two years, I have learned that when you make true connections you just keep your friends um closer and then you can see your social um circle Mm -hmm. become like um like a circle yeah i don't know how to explain that yeah no i like what you mentioned too i think there's there's friends but then there's like you know deep close connections there's kind of yeah inner circle so Mm -hmm. that's what takes probably longer to build and um, cause I think a lot of people can have friends, but it's like having people you feel close enough to, um, to really like open up to, um, is important. Yeah. I agree with the Tori. I mean, you know, like they say man's a social animal. So yeah. <laughs> I think 
for me, first year was okay, cool, great, but nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. But as I started, you know, like getting out of my comfort zone, making friends, talking to people, and just having people to talk to, connections, I didn't have that. Because as a student athlete, I think there's a lot of, there might be not as much stress, but you put a lot of stress on yourself thinking that, oh my God, I have to go to practice. I have a competition coming up. I have mm-hmm. to do well in class because there's no leeway. You know, yep. you have to live the life of a student and an athlete and then do other things as well. So I think having friends, having something other than track or school to do just takes your mind off of that for some time. And it just mm-hmm. helps. Like, I don't know how to say it, but like over the last few months, me and some of the buddies, we've been playing disc golf. And <laughs> that to me is more enjoyable than going to practice or going to class. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's just like I look forward to Sundays every week because like we go play disc golf for hour, hour and a half. We play 18 holes uh-huh. and it's just awesome. And I wish I had done this three years ago and my life would have been so much happier. I mean, not that it's not now, but yeah, it's just a kind of a, like a stress buster, you know? So like you have so much accumulated stress from throughout the week, you go to class, this and that. And I'm not saying that it's, I mean, you have to do it if you're in college. I mean, it's part of the parcel. I mean, you know, like otherwise, how will mm-hmm. you get better? How will you um, get your degree and move on to the next phase of life? That's important. But then to make those experiences enjoyable, I think it's always important to have mm-hmm. something else to do apart from what you keep doing. And yeah. that's, you know, having some like a s- nice Sunday outing or going to brunch with friends or uh-huh. playing disc golf, like I said, and stuff like that. Victoria likes to click pictures to so just go out in the sunny uh, <laughs> sad, sunny autumn afternoon and click pictures. Yeah. Those are some fun things that you can do without, you know, having any burden. Just yeah. enjoy and then just rejuvenate and get ready for Monday. So Yeah. No, that's a good point you make. Like social, having a social circle also contributes to just having other outlets. Like sometimes yes. just being so focused on school and track isn't necessarily the way. I know sometimes it feels like You have to be so focused on those, but actually it sometimes helps to step back and have other outlets and things to kind of, you have to be able to shut off and, you know, turn back on for practice times. Um, And having those social engagements like allows other things like disc golf or (laughs) taking pictures or whatever. So have that balance, right? More like being too much focused on track in school and not being like too much friendly, but just like having the balance and going like going out and not going out, just doing social activities is always like good. I was just mentioning here, it's just like mm-hmm. always like here's like a social activity and it's just like it changes our routine, but it makes us like it, it's gonna be a plus to my day today. Yeah, yeah, and just helps you be more well rounded, not just you guys obviously came here from different countries and like you hope out of your four years or five years or six whatever it is you hope that you don't just do track in school like there's other things to experience here um just being in america or just being a college student in general there's more things to be experienced so um so i guess um in terms of other students like if they're looking to like build a community i think you guys are obviously really good examples of this because you came in knowing no one um totally different lifestyle different culture how would you recommend like any other students try to get involved um or build that social circle even if they're struggling i think the first step is to go to your web mail and go to the junk folder because that's where all those (laughs) (laughs) involvement emails go to so just go through that junk email and see where you can go because everything's on your phone. Like once you come to K-State, your email's put into the listserv and you get all the emails Mm -hmm. 
that have any opportunity, any whatsoever opportunity out there, it's on your email. Like you get an email sent that, hey, this is what's happening on Sunday, this is happening Wednesday, you have a food drive on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. There's always something coming up, but we just choose to ignore them because <laughs> they go into the junk folder. So I feel like step one would be just pulling that out and seeing like anything that interests you. Like there's a page for the union where they have all the activities. There's like activities going on in Ahern, like evening workshops. Yeah. I don't know until the other day that they had like little paintball competitions in Ahern. <gasps> What? Yes, they have like a paintball club. They have an archery club that's like happens upstairs in Ahern. They have yeah. like painting clubs and like literally everything. There's like bowling competitions. There's anything that you can think of. They have a disc golf team at K-State. What are the odds? Oh, yes. okay, you better join that. <laughs> but, but just like there's just so much going on that we don't know about. We think yeah. but it's in our junk folder. So I think step one would be just going there and like scrolling yeah. through those old emails and just seeing what you can find. Every college that you're enrolled in has some activities going on throughout the week or that sort of thing. So yeah. I think that would be step one. And once you show up, once you just go there, like they're just looking for people to come and then they'll <laughs> just like greet you with free food and hey, yeah. have food and drink or whatever. So it's just an easy way to transition into it. I think step one is you have to go there. And once you're there at that right time, and then you'll just like fit in easily. Yeah. Yeah, I think like every college has somebody that you gonna... um how say connect and have like the same I I forgot the word like advisor not advisor but like some group that are gonna fit in like you say disco golf if you like you came to United States and you like just love disco golf and you just don't know <laughs> that it, in Manhattan you have a group of disco golf it's always a group that you can fit in it's always something that you're gonna enjoy doing and it's just like the matter that you go after it not like waiting sit down and wait that it gonna comes to you because you're just gonna get lonely and lonely so mm -hmm. just like he say first step get out there and then enjoy it i think first you get there you're not gonna say no you, you always come back so <laughs> yeah there really is something for everybody whether if, if you're not on a track team there's yeah there's painting paintball competitions or something i think everyone can find something everyone can find their own like yeah find a group in something yeah this so. they enjoy the same things as you do yeah like the taking pictures i think casey has a group yeah like there's photography things yeah yeah um so in like i guess classes and stuff do you guys feel like you've built community from like your classes and like majors and stuff as well yes it's like for me it was a huge um thing because the system of school, high school back home is different than United States. So it's like we have the, the same classmates during like the three years that we are at high school. It's three years of high school. So I'll, I know my high school uh, friends and we don't switch classes. So it's like the professor comes to our class. So we have class, every class we have, we have together. So we don't switch classmates. Oh, okay. So I would build my friends and have my friends in my class every day from 7 to 12. So it would be, like, easier to make friends inside of the classroom. And then coming here, um, going to a class that's just 15 minutes, and then going out and then not, not knowing the person that you see besides, <laughs> it was just, like, weird. But after my second year, I was just, like, being more open to know them around. So I made some friends that was, like, my psychology friends. We exchange Snapchat. We hang out. We do those stuff. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you have anything, TJ, about just making friends in classes or anything like that, or has that been difficult? Um, I think, um, I mean, like, Victoria covered all the points, but uh, for me, like, because we travel a lot for competition, you miss a lot of classes, so... yeah. There's always somebody who takes notes, and you know you can talk <laughs> with them. And that—that that was how I made friends. That hey, can you like? I'm not gonna attend class this day, that day. Can you take notes yeah. for me, or you know, like, <laughs> yeah. show me the answer solution or whatnot? True. So, so that's how I bonded with friends, and that's how we became. And there's some kids that I went to school freshman year with, and once you choose your major, I think you stick with them throughout. So there's yeah. some of them who like me are at this point after five years doing their master's program, program, and we came in fall of 2017, like five years ago. So yeah, some of those kids. We still talk to, we have like a little group on uh, group me that you know, it's like we have, we talk about and we just hang out Thursday night or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like she said, it's, it's it just comes down to finding people and just talking with them. Yeah. Not waiting for them to come to you. <laughs> so if you guys didn't come to college here, what's the like college look like or that whole out outline look like in if you were in India or if you were in Brazil, is there like an athletics program? Does college look the same or is it kind of you come to the U.S. if you're wanting to compete athletically and um, get an education? So I think in my opinion, there's nothing in not just my country, but the whole world like the NCAA system for really? student athletes. Uh-huh. So I think NCAA system is one of the best systems for all sport. I mean, most sports most Olympic sports and, like, that sort of thing where students can come in, study, get quality education while getting quality world-class coaching uh-huh. for your particular sport. There's no such system in the whole world. So yeah. for me to come to the U.S. was just awesome. But if I had not come here, then usually how it works back home is you have to make a decision after you graduate high school between, okay, do you want to do track or do you want to go to school? So if you go, if you want to go to school, then okay, well that's pretty much curtains for your track career or whatnot. But if you want to do track, then you can still go to school, but you know just be like a C D student, and you know strings might be pulled to keep you afloat, keep you you know like in passing uh-huh. standard, and just get you the degree or whatnot. But then at that point, you're like a full time athlete, and you just focus on that, and there'll be funding allocated to you and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So there's nothing. There's no system where you can get quality, a great education plus you can train and, like, be a full-time athlete really? or student-athlete, that sort of thing. So yeah. in that respect, I think to be here, and they say that only, like, a few, whatever, like, 10% of, 1% of kids that yeah. play in high school, you know, that saying yeah, 1% of kids who play college. in high school <laughs> go to college, and then yeah. only 1% of that turn pro, pro or whatnot. Yep. So I think to be, all of us, to be in that 1% of people who are able to come to college and do college sports, I think it's just a blessing. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. I didn't realize that if, so if you stayed in your country, you probably just would have had to choose education or track. Yeah. It's like, um, I could do both, but it's like, my mom is same as his mom. <laughs> so it's like, she would love me to do the higher uh, school. So the better school in psychology in Brazil. Yep. And it's like, they don't have like, um, so you, you have classes in the morning or you have classes in the afternoon. And you can choose in another college, but there, that school specifically that I wanted to go, you would study throughout the day. So I wouldn't have any time to practice if I would go to that school. And if that school was my main goal, so this is why I came to United States late, because I spent like two years trying to get into that college, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a success. And coming here, finding that my 
they have my specific degree and insert with what I want I want to do after undergrad was just amazing. Mm-hmm. So in having that that privilege and having that privilege doing track is just <laughs> amazing. Because if I was back home, I would just like not be an average athlete and mm-hmm. doing this, the the best school that I, I I wanted to go, or I would just do it just like an average school, but it's still be an average athlete. Mm-hmm. We're here we can do be both and do both. Yeah. So it's like Kansas State has really provided you guys each like the opportunity to get a high quality education, have a high quality athletic career, even though it's maybe involved being far from home, kind of having to build a new, you know, social circle social circle or community. It's like you guys have had this huge like new experience now and the opportunity to do both of those things just by coming to Kansas. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think everything have has their sacrifices and we sacrifices some things to have on others. Yeah. Another thing. So that's two of or I think my huge accomplish. Yeah. Like having to maybe sacrifice that closeness to home, but like you get these two awesome things that you can do at the same time. So that's pretty cool. Um so do you guys know what your plans are when you finish or when you graduate? Are you planning to go back to your country, stay in the United States? Maybe you don't know yet. <laughs> you close to graduate, so let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'll be done in three weeks with school, but uh, I did accept a full-time opportunity in Kansas City, so I'll start the end of June, starting July. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still working for, uh, waiting for my work visa and that sort of thing to arrive. But that being said, I'd still... So now now is when life becomes real, and you know <laughs> you get out of the bubble of being a student-athlete, getting everything spoon-fed. Yeah. Now you have to start, you know, making money while trying to figure out how you're going to train. Because I still want to continue training up till the, mm-hmm. at least up, the, up to up till the 2024 Olympics. Yeah. So for that, everything is not going to be, you know, in the same in the <laughs> same uh, com- circle like at K State. You have everything. You go one mile south. You have you go to class. Yeah. One mile north <laughs> tracks over there. A- athletic training, everything. So now I have to like start figuring out times and how I can fit work in, training in, that sort of thing. So now we're entering the grown-up world and back into the real life. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a challenge, but it yeah. was a challenge when we came to K-State and then we figured it out and things yeah. started working. So that's it's the same yeah. thing that's going to happen. We'll once figure it out, out again. So, yeah. yeah. Our life is kind of scheduled for us day to day, hour by hour. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a little tough. You just just have to show up. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I'm like, I really wanted to go to grad school, so mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest plan, and stay here until like upcoming Olympics, or uh, train toward like until there, and then see what life can bring me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you would like to stay in the U.S. but yeah. afterwards to work too or something, or would you eventually go back? Um, I want to go back one day, but I want to like have a better life going back uh-huh. so I just I don't want to like just having it first I was like I'm gonna go back after the undergrad but then I was like mm, I don't know it's like going back to an undergrad just look like I'm with my my hands empty <laughs> so if I have the opportunity to do the grad school I'm gonna stay and do yeah. grad school if I have the opportunity to stay and work I think I'm gonna stay and work mm-hmm. that's awesome okay well I don't know if Shelby do you have any um other questions or thoughts no, for them? I've, you know, I've just been soaking it up. It's <laughs> such a different experience than, yeah. you know, what I've had. So 
Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you guys for sharing. Thank you so yeah. much for having us. Yeah, I feel like I was, I'm like, I'm from South Dakota. This is so far from home <laughs> for me. And I was like, Coach Ryan sometimes, he's like, you have international students on the team. He's like, you're not far. <laughs> but, um, but one of the, I, mean, I don't know, it's out of context, but one of the craziest things that I heard Coach Ryan say was, I told him, he's like, how many kids did you graduate with in high school? I was like, well, um, I had 40 in my class, and then we had like three or four sections, so it's like 300 kids, 400 kids, whatnot. Uh-huh. And he tells me, you know, this guy, David, on our team, he was a freshman at that time. Yeah. David on our team, he graduated with four kids. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> four kids? How is that even possible? Yeah. I graduated with 23, so I thought I was holding like the team low. I was like, uh-huh. I, everyone's like, oh, I only graduated with like 50. I was like, no, I graduated with 23, but David, who's still on the team, he's like, yes. I graduated with four. I was like, no way. Like, who did you talk That's to? Yes. <laughs> who was his community in yes. high school? <laughs> we got to figure it out. Yeah. We got to figure that so. out. <laughs> um, well, we do have a final question. Um, I have two just that we ask, usually like everybody on the podcast. But first one is, in Manhattan, what's your favorite restaurant or place to eat? El Patron. Ooh, I've never been there. Or Top, top House. I like mm-hmm. Tap House. Mm-hmm. Favorite thing to get there? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite thing to get there? I had, I'm really bad with names. <laughs> but this is the chicken um, plate that comes with vegetables and rice and has a white... Um, is El Patron, sauce. that's like a Mexican restaurant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. That's the one downtown. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They have really good street tacos. Ooh. You're trying to sell me something. You said that they, the same just that you're talking about. You said yeah. that you should go get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try like two times, but it's like the, the line was too big. So yeah. the waiting line was like 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, TJ, favorite place to eat? Uh, home away from home. Globe Indian Cuisine is probably oh, yeah. one place that I uh-huh. like to go every now and then. Every time I feel homesick, I just go there and eat. And it just, you know, uplifts my spirit. So. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely my number one. And then before, I think that it's only been like a year or so that that place has been around. So before that, Bantai uh-huh. was mm-hmm. one of oh, my yep. uh, number one places because that was very similar to home cuisine with all yeah. the spices and curry. And everything. So <laughs> yeah. I did um, enjoy that. Do you have a suggestion of what someone should get when they go to Globe to experience the flavor? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think... The first thing that people usually get, and you should get, is, I think, uh, chicken tikka masala, or you can get the butter chicken that they have. That's usually the go-to, and you get that with garlic naan. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's that's the, the staple, and that's what I think they do best. Uh-huh. And if you go to Bon Thai, I think, don't get the Pad Thai, because everybody gets that. <laughs> get one of the curries, I think. Yeah. Curries with rice and... One of the green, blue, uh, sorry, green, red, and it's like multiple curries. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think if you can choose one of those. Which really one good. was the one that uh, um, was veggies and it has like white sauce that we had the, the, the global cast? Oh, the veg korma? Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Really good also. Mm. If okay. you're not, you don't eat meat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you don't eat meat, that's a good one. All right, final rapid fire question is <laughs> what is your guys' favorite place or coolest place you've seen while you've been in the US? Oh. I know we've obviously like traveled. Some places with track, maybe you've traveled outside of that as well, but coolest place you've seen in the United States? Well, it's rapid fire, Victoria. It doesn't need to be that rapid. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, um, my freshman year, going to Portland, Oregon, just 
I, I always mm-hmm. have, I always say this, like, there's been many other great places that I've seen, but, I mean, it's edged in my memory. We were flying over the, what's that, St. Hel- Helena? Or there's a mountain there. Mount St. Helena. Mount St. Is that right? There, there's Something some like mountain. That. And yep. this during springtime, we usually NCAA finals is at Oregon, yep. uh, Eugene, Oregon. So when we were flying down, we were about to land in Portland, Oregon. And I think that that looked like heaven to me. Like when I picture <laughs> heaven, that's what I picture. Because you're about to land, you see a mountain. There's like a beautiful river right by the airport. And then you see lush green, uh, uh-huh. you know, mountains and trees and that sort of thing. And like a little beautiful city with some high-rise buildings, some low buildings. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. <laughs> so when we landed and then it's like misty, not necessarily rainy, but also like not very dry. It's, it's just perfect weather, like. Mm-hmm. That was the best scenery I've ever seen in my whole life, and I just enjoyed that. And since that day, I want to like eventually go and live in Portland, Oregon someday. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of good things yeah. and bad things yeah. about Portland. <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. You <laughs> rain ninety five percent of the yeah, year. Yeah, lots of rain. <laughs> yep. But that being said, I, I that picture is always in my head, and it's yeah. been five years. It hasn't. Nothing has replaced that. So I think. Wow. Probably. Yeah. Victoria, do you I don't know if I can compare <laughs> something. <laughs> you top something. that. <laughs> this is, you made me confused because I was like trying to have those type of memories, <laughs> but I have never gone to Portland. Um, man, <laughs> you put me in a hot spot. Um, what was the question again? Uh, just anything other cool place you've ever seen in the U.S. Like I don't know if you've ever, like when we went to. Arizona or <laughs> anything oh. like that. If there was anything else that was stood out to you that was kind of cool in the United States. If not, that's okay. <laughs> uh, here's another one. I think the coolest thing for me was when I came to the U.S., I was able to fuel up my own car. I think that's so cool. I'd never oh, fueled up my own car. Yes. <laughs> yes. Going to the, the gas station and fuel the, the thing. Oh, really? So you guys... Someone fills yes. it for you. Yeah, that's my first grown-up experience. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the u- differences between the United States. Were there any the other things that really shocked you guys about the U.S. that you're like, whoa, they do this so differently? Fast food. You guys eat a lot of fast food. <laughs> yeah. Fast food's very fast. Yeah, very yeah fast. that's what. It's like uh, the line. The it is just. Yeah, that's what Carl and Emil had said too. They're like, there's just so many like fast food places. Soda. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they are, Soda. You guys are crazy for Starbucks coffee. <laughs> Starbucks I and love coffee. coffee. You know, for back home, we we drink like much of espresso, so we just drink like a little coffee per day. Mm-hmm. Like when we need coffee, we just go there and have like a little mug. <laughs> but you guys have like. <laughs> <laughs> Like huge, huge market. Yeah, the sizes were the biggest yes. shocker for me when I came. For me like too. The the tall cup that you have. The tall yeah. is supposed to be a small. small. Yeah, and in it's Starbucks. huge. That's what they call it. Yeah. Tall. Yep. But then that is a large for us. Really? Okay. Yeah. And it's a small here. And if you get a large or what a venti or something yeah. like that, if you get that in Starbucks, that's like a gallon. I can that can last me a whole week. I know, that's gigantic. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. So, uh, I think Carl and Emil had said too that they. They're like here, like we, you have to pay for college and like you pay for like healthcare and stuff. Cause they're like, if we get hurt, like we have to pay to go to the doctor and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, for me, that's crazy that you wouldn't. So is yeah. there anything like that similar with you guys too? Well, they come from that part of Europe. So yeah, Sweden. I mean, it's <laughs> socialist and yeah. you know, they have like 50% tax rate and that sort of thing. So <laughs> yeah. it's all included. But for us, it's very similar to the U.S. Um, okay. Yeah. We have to pay for healthcare and that sort of thing. Yeah. But 
yeah, for for us, we have both. So we have public health and then you have private health. If you want to like have a better health uh, care and quality, quality, and you you pay for it. Okay, but yeah. if you don't have like you can you can't afford it. You just get right. like a basic. Yeah, yeah you have it free. Yeah, but and it's really good. Yeah, so it's like the base of like research and all of those stuff uh-huh. towards health is on the public side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's awesome. But okay, are there any final thoughts? I guess from I'm still thinking on the institute. Yeah, still thinking. <laughs> cool place. Yeah, I think um, going to Arizona and um, seeing the desert, like we 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 can't see it, but yeah. because we also we are, I always heard about the desert of I say desert desert. Yeah, desert. I, I know what you're saying. Desert. I know what you're saying. Yep. <laughs> Desert of Arizona, so mm-hmm. like going there and just like feeling the atmosphere, seeing the cactus for the first time. Cactus, yes. yeah, uh-huh. yes, yes, I think that's cool. Yeah, um, we heard from like one of the Uber drivers. They said like the cactus, cacti or whatever. Like as soon as they start growing like an arm or whatever, you know, like they, they're like yeah. this. Um, they they don't do that until they're at least like forty years old. So he's like oh, most wow. of he's like most of these plants or cacti or whatever. He's like these are like hundreds of years wow. old, and I was like. What? That's so impressive. I didn't know. That. Yeah. So just a different landscape. The desert mm-hmm. kind of landscape is different. Uh, and it's no, no snow. Oh yes, oh, sure. no. It's no, it's no. I've never seen snow before. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh, Do you yeah. like it or dislike it? I liked it for the first week. Yeah. <laughs> and then once it's I got used pretty. to it, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> we love for the first week. It's all pretty. I went outside and linked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put my thing outside. Uh, did the, uh, the snowman and all the stuff, but then when it started getting musty and wet. Yeah, then it's like mm-hmm. dirty yeah. after a and while. And you fall for the first time. Yeah, just like <laughs> first time slipping. Yeah. The snow is great, but when it starts freezing, that's when it just yeah. ruins the mood. <laughs> yeah. Buzzkill. Yeah. I'm from South Dakota, so here I feel like there's not much snow compared really? to there. I was like, oh my gosh, there's hardly any snow that we get here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. I think you guys are both really good examples of people who have been able to kind of get settled in a different location, find friends, and really just like thrive athletically and academically. So thank you so much for just sharing your journey to K-State. And um, I know you don't have that much longer left, TJ, but (laughs) hopefully a good um, best of luck on the final weeks of it. And then, Victoria, you still have a year left (laughs) so um hopefully a good ending to your guys's careers thus far so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for having us it was a pleasure yeah thank you so much macy the fiend center and most importantly just to like come back to the topic that we were talking about the main takeaway i'd say is just reaching out and making friends Mm -hmm. i think that'll just make your experience a lot more easy Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. at k-state and just everybody's willing to help so as long as you can seek it out it's yeah. just going to be so much enjoyable and so much more fun. Get off of your comfortable zone. Yeah, get out of the comfort <laughs> zone. Get off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah.